Humans, 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 welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. I'm back from vacation. I am refreshed. This is your podcast for September 1st, Friday, September 1st. I'm recording this on Thursday evening, August 31st. Another month rolls by. Labor Day weekend is this month. And humans, don't cry for me, Argentina. Humans, don't weep this Labor Day the way I have done in the past, the way I have done in the past. Oh, it's Labor Day. Oh, summer's come to an end. No. No. This year, for me, and maybe some of you were already doing this, this year for me, I'm taking the last three weeks of summer back. I will celebrate summer ending. On the equinox. So Labor Day to me is just a reminder. Hey baby, you got three weeks left. How do you like that? And I like it very much. Very stoked. I'm going into this Labor Day humans with a completely different mentality. Gonna make the summer last. Gonna, you know, have a couple of cooler beach days the same way I would in early June. And I'm going to try my best to push off some college football and NFL football watching until October, until, until the, until the last week of September. I'm stoked. And here's the thing. My summer playlist this year, I kind of make a beach playlist many years and I fell out of it for a little bit, but I'm back. I'm back on that. It's just now hitting its stride. It's just now hitting its stride. And I got three weeks left. Ugh. It's a relief. I feel like one of those people that has liberated themselves from throwing out their Christmas tree too early. I, I just, I'm like, oh, yeah. Why not keep it up a little longer? You know? Like, I, you know me, humans. I'm I'm the 12 days of Christmas head, which takes us to about January 5th. So you know I've got my tree up through New Year's. And then for me, I go into the 12 days. So I take it down on like January 5th or 6th, whatever that ends up being. Whatever the 13 days after Christmas Day is. I feel liberated this year about summer. Saying, no way. It is summertime to me. Screw Labor Day, not screw Labor Day, but screw Labor Day sales. Screw the, you know, corporations telling me summer's over. I'm going to the original, the Equinox. I am excited. I'm excited. I'm liberated. I'm free. And speaking of being excited about the last few weeks of summer, what a great way, what a, what would be a better way to enjoy summer than lighthouse keepering a beer? Out of your own mug club brewery mug. That's right, humans. In the imaginary, let's call it, world where we all break bread while we listen to this show, The Hideaway. In that world, there's mug club brewery. And the official mugs are now available for purchase at sydneyhollisshow.com. sydneyhollisshow.com slash shop. And there you will find a physical representation of a mug club you will now join and be a member of 
in this little world where we all go, where we break bread together. Anyway, humans, check it out. They're going like, like hotcakes. I will say that. They are going like hotcakes. I did not... It took me by surprise. I wasn't ready with boxes. I wasn't ready with, like, tape. I wasn't ready with, like, oh, when am I going to go to the post office? When am I going to box these? All that blindsided me. But I'm happy to say... I'm happy to say everything's going very smoothly and everyone's very excited. Okay, Sid, enough about com slash shop. What are we listening to today? What are we listening to today? What are the topics? Well, this is not a sports show, but we do talk sports when they overlap with the greater consciousness. And, well... We have a little bit of that on our hands today. I also want to talk about something that stunned me, stunned me on my vacation. Of course, if you're a regular listener, you know I was on vacation last week. Took the week off from the show. Something on my vacation stunned me. I I was screaming. And I will tell you more about that when we get to it. So, we're going to talk about advertising and sports, and some recent things that have bothered me about that. We're going to talk about this interesting thing from my vacation, humans. Of course, you know, Pat in Chicago not long ago was like, Sid, we've heard of Maui Jim. We've heard of Tommy Bahama. We've heard of Panama Jack. When are we going to get Savannah Sid? You know, there's all these beach brands out there. And Sid, you're always talking about flowing blouses. And that's all true. And there's a brand that got left out of that list that's, I would say, adjacent to these others, not not the same. And that's Salt Life. And that's Salt Life. We haven't really talked about the Salt Life and living the Salt Life yet on this show. But that will be the thing from my vacation that we discuss. And humans, we're also going to talk about some of these gimmicky games that get played in Europe. Uh, The most egregious one happened over last weekend, and I'd like to address it. And just when you thought you couldn't get enough of those topics, we have a new patch to sew on our quilt to sew on our cultural chronological tapestry. So humans, we're big on quilting here at the Sydney Hall Show. And if you're new to the show, you may not know this, but we we make quilts. And what do you mean, Sid? <laughs> I know people like used to sew quilts in the olden days and like sew a different patch on and hand them down from generation to generation. And they even did a Simpsons on that. But what do you mean in this case? Well, One of the things we're very interested in in this show is men's blouses in cinema. So listeners, like yourselves, and of course humans, if you've been around for a while, you know, excuse the explanation. So listeners, like yourselves, can send in, you can call in and say, you know, using the email address, listenerline at sydneyhollishow.com, you can send a voice memo 
and say, hey, I was just watching The Patriot. And I noticed that, like, Heath Ledger's wearing a uh, men's blouse. Or you can call in and say, hey, I was just watching Ghost. I noticed Patrick Swayze's wearing a men's blouse. Hey, I was just watching Wall Street, the beach scene. And Charlie Sheen is wearing a men's blouse. And while, while we're at it, a pair of very blousy pants. And then your call gets played on the show. And I decide if it really is a men's blouse. And then if it is, we add it to our quilt. We add it to the quilt in our minds. We have a beautiful quilt of men's blouses. And humans, if you're itching to hear that quilt, uh, I will try to get to it today if we have time. But I know a surefire way to hear that quilt is submit a men's blouse. And then when we place it in the quilt, we'll name the other uh, men's blouses in the quilt. So humans, today, I want to add something to our cultural chronological tapestry. And I don't know if we've added something to this before. But I was remarking a long time ago that, like, I think it'd be a really interesting project, and I guess we're now doing it here at the show, or we will start, to, like, take rock documentaries, and when they men- mention certain dates or certain months and years, kind of line it up with other rock documentaries and other, other music documentaries. Be like, wow, these two things were going on at the same time? Because sometimes a documentary will say, well, this was going on in the world, but this was going on here, but not all the time. And sometimes it would be interesting to see how these things, these pivotal moments, let's say right now I'm talking in music history, affect each other. Um, and so this thing I'm about to bring up later on is a little different than that. It's not music related, but I think this belongs in a different quilt we will have, or in this case it's a tapestry, our chronological, cultural chronological tapestry. Uh, we'll have different timing things. And this is kind of more along the lines of, you know, we have a uh, sometimes contributor here, uh, Chris. Chris in Sacramento. In fact, uh, I'll you know I'll say his last name too because he's on the show. He's interviewed on the show. Chris Conway, who now lives in Sacramento. He was born the day, he was born the actual day John Lennon was shot. And... And killed. And we talked about it in detail. And I looked up some other things that were going on in the world at that time. It was just sort of interesting to say, like, oh, before before John Lennon was shot, like, one of the big things that had happened a few weeks before was, like, we found out who shot JR. And by we, I mean the people of Earth that watched, the humans of Earth that watched Alice. And so I think that was, like, a culturally binding moment. And then this much bigger one took place. And you know what, humans? I'm going to put that show up on the website. That's episode 55. I don't believe it's available, like, I think only the last 100 are available, like, you know, on your various apps. So I'll toss that up on the site and you can listen to it, you know, from the browser. And you can do that with your phone and then still use your phone in other ways. Uh, the title of the episode is Born the Day John Lennon Died, episode 55. Humans, I will I will uh, put that up on sydneyhollowshow.com, so if you want to really listen to that, you can. But anyway, I feel like the Dallas thing, learning about the what was going on in the world up until uh, John Lennon was shot, that to me is like a little quilt 
excuse me, a patch for our cultural chronological tapestry. And the thing we'll talk about later, I think, will be a patch for our cultural chronological tapestry. And let me say, it involves the movie Heat, which coincidentally is on Netflix right now. And this is a coincidence. Or is it? I'd like to believe it's a coincidence, but maybe I had this thought. Maybe I was reminded of this thought because it was on Netflix. Humans, the corporations have made it into my brain. Okay, so humans, humans, let's start with my vacation. I had a great, I had a great relaxing time at the beach. A great relaxing time at the beach. I saw my family. So, cousins, my parents. We did some beach activity on the Jersey Shore. And, you know, for me, love a little shopping when I'm out of the city. Love a little shopping for group beers. You know, nothing more fun than putting different varieties of beer into a cooler and just <laughs> playing a little beer roulette. You know, what's going to come out? And so, humans went to... In, in, in New Jersey, they sell beer at the liquor store. So I went to the liquor store and was getting a couple of uh, local brews, some Cape Mays, and then kind of fishing around for some other stuff, you know, just some typical domestic lights. Checking out the always the, the overwhelming and strange, like, you know, craft section where everyone's got these, like, really, really busy logos where it's like I can't even I can't scan these beers because there's just there's just so much going on. There's this I like craft beer, but these wild and woolly you know, just these cans that are so elaborate. I, I get bogged down. <laughs> I get bogged down. So I end up going with like a more, you know, slightly more mainstream craft beer because these 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 intense ones, the cans are just, I don't know. Anyway, humans, shopping for beer, and I'm wearing my Salt Life t-shirt. I have a Salt Life t-shirt given to me as a bit of irony, but also as a bit of truth. And it's like, yeah, I guess that is my relationship with the Salt Life. Like, I have a feeling if I was down in Savannah where it's the Salt Life where people wear a lot more of that gear and it kind of comes across maybe a little more. I don't know what. Uh, you know, I'm not into it. But up here, it almost feels like there's a touch of irony. And I do like living the Salt Life. I try to go to the beach every weekend. So I have a Salt Life t-shirt that was purchased for me uh, as a gift. And I, I also used to have a Salt Life koozie that was purchased for me as a gift. I no longer have it. It's here. So walking through the store, and I've already picked out a lot of fun things, and then I see this beer can that has, like, the scuba diving flag on it. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of a cool, like, label. See, that one got me. The marketing in this one got me. I'm like, oh, cool. It's kind of like a tattered-looking scuba diving flag. And... I pick up this six-pack of cans, and it's in a little box. <sighs> Beer from the Salt Life. It's 
Salt Life beer. Excuse me, I keep saying the Salt Life. It's Salt Life Lager. Salty state of mind. And it's like the company, humans. You know, they were recently in the New York Times. A big article about how this company is blown up and they have like brick and mortar stores now. And I think there's one somewhere in New Jersey. And they're very protective over there their brand and like people that try to imitate them, they, they, they go after them quickly. So this is the real deal. And I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. Also, I was wearing my salt life t-shirt because first, first I was breaking one of my own rules. I think the camera phone is the worst thing to happen to bumper stickers and the worst thing to happen to gift shops because people don't, people will take pictures of your bumper sticker and get credit for it on social media because they get all the likes, they get all the laughs, and they get to make a third joke on top of your bumper sticker, you know. They get to either be ironic or go, oh, me when I haven't had enough coffee or whatever it is. You know, they get to add a caption joke. But you're the one that bought that bumper sticker. You're the one that displays whatever this bumper sticker may be, on their bumper and lives that life. But because of the camera phone, now people get your credit. Similar in gift shops. You know? Instead of buying that weird little knickknack that would be a conversation piece, you just take a picture of it, and then that's enough. And then the gift shop doesn't even get the sale. So I was breaking my own rule, humans, and I was taking a photograph with my Salt Life shirt on with a six-pack of Salt Life lager. And I felt so sheepish. And I was like, no, I need to buy this. And I was like, I should buy this. Why the hell not? I just bought Bud Light Limes, for God's sakes. For goodness sakes. Uh, so, <laughs> I thought, there's no way this is going to taste good. But maybe it will. You know? I mean, uh, again, I don't think they became brewers. They just obviously, like, sold their name to someone that just made, like, some kind of a domestic lager. But boy, oh boy, get this. It's already too much, you know? It's already too much. Whether I liked it or not, it's already too much. The hats, the t-shirts, the stickers, that's the salt life. This just feels like too much. So humans, I go to taste it. And this thing was ice cold. Ice cold, you know. No no excuses, no if, ands, or buts. I go to taste it. And I have a sip. I have another sip. And I just think about salt life. I think about salt life. And the only thing, the only way I can possibly describe my reaction is this. We finally really did it. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, the end of Planet of the Apes. (sighs) The salt life. Salt life. You had a perfect brand. You got your brick and mortar stores. You got your article in the New York Times. People love your gear. Even people 
that are not all the way sold, like me, <laughs> loved your gear enough to wear it. More in the koozie that I no longer have. And then you make the most terrible tasting beer I have ever had. Well, tied with. Tied with the most terrible beer I've ever had. First sip, I was like, what's going on here? And then second sip. And then third sip. And then I was just like, this is, this is undrinkable. The Titanic was unsinkable. It sank. This beer was undrinkable. And it, it went undrank. The Titanic performed the opposite of its big, you know, statement, the unsinkable. Salt Life beer, undrinkable, was in fact undrinkable. I poured it out like I was a, like I was a policeman posing in prohibition in the prohibition, you know, after smashing open some big wooden barrels. I, I was photographed pouring it out. I was laughing. And I gave... I We opened another can and some of my family members tried it and they all agreed. And they didn't just agree uh, verbally. They agreed with their facial expressions, with the noises they made, like... Ah! <laughs> Humans, the only beers that I've disliked as much as this... Or like the Trader Joe, Trader Joe's like simpler times. I think Trader Joe's makes a couple of beers. One of my friends brought like some Trader Joe's. It was one of the ones. Maybe it was simpler times. I don't know which one it was. And I was like, this, I can't even drink. And you know me, humans. There's not a cheap beer in North America hardly that I haven't had. I love Stroh's. You know, PBR is not my first choice, but if I had six PBRs in my cooler, they would have been consumed. This is just, and I shouldn't even include PBR in this conversation. Anyway, <laughs> shame on you, Salt Life. Shame on you. I mean, I never even saw anything about it. Not that I really get their ads spoon fed to me anyway, but well. Crash and burn. Crash and burn, you maniacs. You maniacs! Oh, isn't that scene from Planet of the Apes just incredible, though? And, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. You know, skip ahead. Skip ahead if you haven't seen it, the original. So great, dude, when he realizes it's... He's been on Earth the entire time. Chilling. Chilling. And, you know, we're, we're like now living that we're because of our, you know, our choices as humanity. <laughs> we're now living that. Get ready. We finally really did it. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you! talk a little bit about sports and of course i've said it again for those of you who don't like sports don't don't 
don't, don't, don't get upset. Don't roll your eyes. Don't skip ahead. We talk about sports when they overlap the general consciousness. <sighs> what the hell is going on with advertising on jerseys? What, what is going on here? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And uh, not to be one of these people, but like, what country are we in? You know, for years I've thought it's so stupid how Manchester United has a big Chevrolet logo on their jerseys that's like more prominent than anything else. And as someone who doesn't watch soccer except for the World Cup every four years, I, I, I'm like, what are we looking at? Like, it, I took me, I don't know. There's some little tiny logo that says Manchester United. Other, they just look like to me the England Chevrolets. They're the England Chevrolets, for all I know. I don't watch the British Cup or whatever it's called. And that's just my that's my legitimate. They look like the England, the English Chevrolets. And I won't even say the Manchester Chevrolets because you can't tell what that is on that jersey. Your eyes are just staring at that huge Chevrolet logo. It's so stupid. I never thought it would happen here. I never thought I would have it would happen here. And then of course the NBA does it a couple of years back, a couple of years ago. And I thought they looked stupid. I thought they looked stupid. I thought they, God, you're cheapening your brand. It's so dumb. To have to see some <laughs> sticker, some patch for Rakuten. On a jersey. It's so stupid. And then... So I kind of just didn't know any league in America was doing this except for the NBA, and which I already thought was so dumb. And then I'm watching a little bit of U.S. Open. Watching a little bit of U.S. Open the other night. I don't know if it was like... I think the tournament has started. So I think it was part of the tournament. Maybe it was a qualified. No, it was part of the tournament. And there's an American player versus an Australian player. Two two gals. And I'm like having trouble taking it seriously or concentrating. The, the American girl won. Woman won. They're interviewing her after. And I can't look at her face. Because these ads are in my face on her shirt. I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to give the U.S. Open some of my time, you know, a different sport, something that's taking place here in New York. And I'm just looking at these stupid ads. One for Flex Seal and one for Celsius, the energy drink in the skinny can. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? And I was like laughing. I'm like, what country are we in? And it's weird, I guess, being capitalists and all that, like, Europe beat us to this. Everything's for sale. I mean, you know, New York City, the subway turnstiles are now for sale. You can advertise on the actual part of the turnstile that you spin. The part that, you know, hits your, just below the waist area. You can now put a, an ad on that. But I mean, what the, 
It's just so stupid and greedy and greedy. And you just cheapen your brand. You cheapen your jersey. So, humans, what really, really got me stirred up about this was I realized I haven't watched a baseball game all season. Neither in person or on television. That's a shame because we talked a little while about the pitch clock coming out this year. And I haven't even watched the game. I haven't even seen it in action. Uh, Not once. And I was watching some Atlanta Braves highlights the other day. I was watching baseball highlights. And the Atlanta Braves just happened to be in the highlights. And then I'm like, I'm seriously like, what? What the hell is that? What is that? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, this must be spring training or something. And I'm like, no. This took place like earlier today. This is... This is... Baseball now has ads on the sleeves. Uh, And that's the thing, right? I just... I'm still dumbfounded. I'm still agape. Now, I haven't watched a baseball game all season. You know, by the time you hear this, it'll be September 1st. So I've missed a great deal of the baseball season. And I finally get to a place where I at least watch a highlight. And then I see ads on the players' shoulders, on their sleeves. I got to quote my man Brooks. Dear fellas, I can't believe how fast things move on the outside. I saw an automobile once when I was a kid, but now they're everywhere. The world went and got itself in a big damn hurry. I decide not to watch baseball from April to to, to the last week of August. And suddenly there's ads on the players' shoulders. The world went and got itself in a great big damn hurry. <laughs> the fuck is going on in the world? I was just blown away, so I had to look it up. And the Braves, they're, they're, they call them, let's see, the MLB refers to these as uh, official jersey patch partners. You you can you know if you're listed here you're an official jersey patch partner, and so in late May the Braves announced that <laughs> this is the best part. I'm quoting the Major League Baseball's website here. They say, "Oh, the Atlanta Braves have announced that their you know jersey patch partner is Quick Crete." <laughs> this is the best part. The Quick Crete logo, including the famous yellow bag, will be stitched on the Braves jersey sleeve. Excuse me? The famous yellow bag? I didn't know that. It's not famous. Just the yellow bag of Quick Crete is like the patch. But it's like, it's not famous. I barely know what Quick Crete is. And I didn't even know it was a brand name. I just thought it was like some other kind of like, you know, ingredients or recipe for concrete that dried fast or something. So I, I, 
I guess they need to advertise for that reason so people know it's a brand. But, like, you're not famous, dude. Because I didn't even know about that you were a company. And secondly, you're not famous for your yellow back. Just stupid. And, of course, this is, you know, this is written by MLB. They they decided it's famous, of course, because they want to promote this stupid advertising. It's just What's going on in the world? What I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to sound like one of these people, but like, what country am I in? I'm, just, I'm, you know, we have our problems, but I'm proud of the USA. <laughs> and uh, there I was, so smug. Oh, your team is the Chevrolets, and here we are. Now there's ads on the baseball sleeve. Dude, everything is for sale. No joke. Earlier this summer, I went to Prospect Park. And I was sitting in that giant meadow. One of the giant meadows. And uh, I was just like, wow, it's such a relief to not see any, like, commerce or advertising. You know, just looking at a bunch of people picnicking. I was not close enough to my neighbors to really see, you know, what what their t-shirts may be advertising. I was just looking out. There's not even a hot dog cart in view. No commerce, no ads. And I was like, what a relief. Jeez, man, you watch a baseball game, you got to look at the stupid ads on the backstop. And now you got to look at an ad right on the sleeve. And of course it's on the sleeve, you know. If you're a right-handed batter, it's on your left sleeve. So the camera's just right there, right on it. The Atlanta Quickcretes. Cool. As you humans already know, I'm taking a break from being a Braves fan until the stadium's back in Atlanta proper. So I don't even pull for them right now. <laughs> so enjoy your Atlanta Quickcretes. And then, hey, if you're a fan, you're like, well, I want the jersey they wear in the game. So then you want a jersey with an ad on it. And around and around we go. Again, the quote Charlton Heston. You ruined it. You maniacs. What are you doing? How much money is enough to not be stupid? God. And quickly, for what it's worth, I went ahead and looked up the New York teams. Because I didn't even know this was going on. I didn't even know this was going on. The Yankees are an insurance company. Star Insurance. How fucking lame. I'm cursing a little more on this episode than I do typically humans, but I'm just, it's coming from a real place. And the Mets, the Mets are, again, New York Presbyterian. Cool. So I have to think about God and a hospital. What a great frame of mind. You know, you watch sports to get away from like life's complexities and to give your brain a break. Boy, I know one thing that relaxes me, thinking about an oppressive religion and thinking about going to the hospital. Or just the fear of God, you know, however you want to see it. Cool. Sign me up for a Mets jersey with New York Presbyterian on the side. It's just... you. We have to play it. We have to play it. Congratulations, MLB. 
finally really did it. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell! So humans, we are going to get to uh, the movie Heat and how that relates to our chronological cultural tapestry. But before we do, I want to talk about another sporting thing that really just, well, got under my skin. <laughs> I mean, not that badly. I guess this isn't under my skin. This is actually, I, I'm, I'm amused. So last weekend, uh, they called it week zero of college football, and there were a couple of games, uh, most of them, you know, not of note. Well, none of them a note. This game wasn't really of note either. But Notre Dame played Navy. It was the it was the marquee game of the weekend. It was like you know the only kind of uh, heavy hitters that took the field last week. And you know, old school rivals, Notre Dame versus Navy. I don't think it's been much of a rivalry in a very long time. If I'm just going off the top of my head here, but the game was. In Ireland, it was one of these gimmick kickoff classic. Well, college football now, the first season of the year, has all these gimmicky kickoff classics, these games in, like, neutral sites. It's the blah, blah, blah kickoff classic. It's the blah, blah, blah kickoff classic. And insert other term besides kickoff classic. But, of course, as we all know, these sports keep doing, these American sports keep doing these games in Europe to try to make things catch on over there or something. I don't really get it. So Notre Dame played against Navy in Ireland. And Notre Dame, of course, was you know listed as the home team. They are the Fighting Irish. And... I was excited that football was back on. I, I bet a few bucks on Navy just for, for fun because I like pulling against Notre Dame. And, you know, it was an ill-advised bet. But I had fun placing it. <laughs> and anyway, humans, I was just thinking to myself, like, one, this is just so gimmicky. But two, it's like, what would it be like? To be like an Irish person, someone you know from Ireland who lives in Ireland. Who's never been to America. Or maybe you have. Who cares? And then there's this team playing there. Who's like mascot is the Irish. And it's all these Americans cheering for the Irish. And like the thing you are is like their thing they're pulling for. And let's say, let's take it from the point of view of someone who's never been to the U.S. of A. And you're like, what? And you end up at this game somehow? It must be surreal. It must be a little surreal. Like, what the fuck is going on here? There's all these really obnoxious, drunk people from America who were, like, screaming for the Irish. I'm sure there's all kinds of chants that involve the word Irish. And then you're like, what? Because I'm... And, Again, I'm just I'm pigeonholing these people a bit. I'm assuming that people went to this game. Some of them's like their first time ever going to Ireland. Like, oh, well, this will get me off the couch. This will get me off the couch and into Europe. <laughs> Seeing this game, 
But it just must be odd. It must be odd to be in your country and then hear these American buffoons cheering drunkenly for, like, (laughs) the Irish. (laughs) And then to also think that, like, wow, you're, like, your countrymen are, like, the team name of a very prominent sports team with mass, mass, massive appeal in the United States. And you're like, the Irish? Anyway, that's, it tickles me, humans. It tickles me to see these unhealthy, let's put it that way, unhealthy Midwestern red-faced just drunk American Notre Dame fans shouting go Irish just what that must have looked like to a person who's from there is like what excuse me like what's going on here like not offended I'm sure someone could be offended and I'm sure that happened but what I'm remarking at more is just like the the internal kind of like, what? this is bizarre. This is, this is just, this is really bizarre. <laughs> oh, these gimmick games in Europe. And what, am I, am I allowed to say Europe when you talk about like England and Ireland? Or is that, does it have to be like, I don't, I don't, you know, am I being held to some standard now? Should I, can I only refer to Europe if I'm talking about like France or like, Italy, Spain, Portugal. (laughs) Anyway, so humans, the movie Heat, we're all familiar with it. If you're not, watch it on Netflix. It's on there right now. I just noticed it yesterday. But maybe I noticed it before. Who knows? Uh, Great, great movie. Give yourself plenty of time to watch it, but a great movie. And I, I think a lot of the people that listen to the show probably like it. We prob- we're probably sensible. Not sensible, but, you know, similar. Since we have similar sensibilities, those of us associated with this show. The humans, I took a little plunge the other day. And I watched a made-for-TV movie that came out in 1989 called L.A. Takedown. And for those of you that know what I'm talking about, you're shaking your heads right now. You're like, yes, yes, yes. I never knew that the movie Heat that we all know and love, Pacino, De Niro, Sizemore, Kilmer, and the list goes on. I never knew that the writer and director of Heat, Michael Mann, wrote and directed L.A. Takedown first in 1989. And it it is Heat. It's not a prequel. L.A. Takedown is, you know, the movie Heat made for TV. Now, there's some, there's, a, there's some slight differences. There's some slight differences. But it's incredible. I just didn't know. I mean, what a, what a, what a cool story. Like, you have this... This idea that you love, this script that you wrote, and you made it in 1989 for a made-for-TV, and then, you know, somehow or another, you get a huge 
budget to make this into an actual blockbuster? I mean, I assume it was a blockbuster. I don't know. But an actual huge, huge budget film. Anyway, humans, just learning that blew my mind. And I've been sitting on that information for a while. And I finally was had a night the other night. And I was like, you know what? I've got some time. It's time to take the plunge. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube in f- you know, the full 90-minute thing. L.A. Takedown. <laughs> and like I said, humans, there are some differences. But by and large, I mean, it's like... There's a part in the very beginning, and it's just like there. There's one word that's very integral to what they're saying. I don't want to give anything away. Uh, this one word is integral to what they're saying, and they use one word in the 1989 made-for-TV version, and they use a different word in the newer version. And it's not like a curse word or anything that you can't say on one or the other. They just chose a different word for this part, and they say it a couple of times. And otherwise, the script is, like, dead on, like, you know, syncing up. And I'm just like, that part just had me tickled. So, humans, if you have the time, toss, you know, toss that on sometime instead of watching the same old this or that. Check out L.A. Takedown. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. You know, it's that late 80s vibes. Um, And it's, you know, it's made for television. And there's a part where I'm, like, the guy who plays, like, the main... Um, police guy who's then later played by Al Pacino. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give me my mind. Seriously, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, dude. You're stealing that from Al Pacino. And I'm like, no way. Wow. This guy acted like that first. Now, who knows if Al watched it or not? I, I know some actors don't want to watch the other, the old thing. They want to prepare for their role like that. It's fresh. So who knows if Al saw it? But this guy also made the same choice. And this guy made that choice first. Very interesting. If you have the time, humans, I think it's fun. You know, but again, if you have the time, I know a lot of you out there have children or busy lives to carve out ninety minute to ninety minutes to crap crack a couple cold ones and enjoy a little cannabis. Well, it's not in the cards for anybody. Everybody, <laughs> but I recommend it. I recommend it, humans. And we can talk about it right here on the show. We can talk about it. You can say, Sid, you told me to watch that, and I thought this part was fascinating. Or whatever. Of course, you know the way to participate. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Record a, vis- record a voice memo, hit the share button, and then email it to listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Now, you can send an old-fashioned typed email if you would like, and I will read your comments on the air. So, humans, how does that fit into our cultural, chrono- our chronological cultural tapestry? Well, I guess I just think that there's something interesting about, wow, that was made in 89? That's interesting. And I, I guess I thought Heat was a much more modern movie. I think I thought that Heat, until just now, was like from the early 2000s or something. I didn't realize it came out in 1995. So only six years after the... Uh, Made for TV movie. I wonder, that must have just gone for, for however t- made for TV movies score on like a ratings thing, it must have just done really well for Michael Mann to, uh, to get to turn it into something bigger. So somehow that's goes into, you know, that's a chronologic, chrono, that's part of our chronology, humans. We now have a marker for 89, 
we now have a marker for 95. All right, I told you if we had time, we would go over the uh, the quilt of mince blouses in cinema. And I also want to introduce a new challenge. So stay tuned after this because I want to talk about a new challenge. We're not just on the lookout for men's blouses in cinema. There's something else to be on the lookout for. Our men's blouses in cinema quilt. So we have Patrick Swayze and Ghost. Of course, that beautiful maroon flowy number that was submitted by me. We have Tom Skerritt towards the end of Top Gun. Uh, this is when Maverick goes to his house, I think on a Sunday afternoon. And Tom Skerritt's like, oh, I flew with your dad once. You can't tell this to anyone. This is classified. And then he's like, there were bogeys all over us like fireflies. Tom Skerritt's wearing a nice, flowy, kind of a, like, sh- like, it's like a, it's like a golf shirt material, but a lot more of it. And it's like a long sleeve kind of number where the sleeves are pushed up. A beautiful men's blouse, if I've ever seen one. Of course, David and Boulder submitted Randall Pink Floyd. Randall Pink Floyd from Days and Confused. Uh, in the scene where they're outside of the uh, like the pool hall games place they go into. And he's got that nice purple men's blouse on and also pointed out that uh that randall's belt buckle is like a marijuana smoking device thank you david for that brian and murray hill wow this is an old list brian's now in pelham he gave us kevin klein in the movie the pirates of penzance we have bud fox in the movie wall street course the scene where he's walking by the ocean i submitted a particular episode of cheers where ted Zan- said dancing is in a particularly blousey button down and then brendan in savannah submitted <laughs> he went he said he'd watched the patriot and he pointed out there's a lot of blousey shirts um you know, in that film. And then he specifically went with like the main bad guy uh, from the movie, which forgive me, Brendan, I I don't have that. I should need, I need to type this on our quilt here on our typed representation. The quilt, the quilt humans exist in our minds. We're all imagining it now. These beautiful blouses. This, this list I have here, this is just a typed representation the quilt is in our minds and no one can take it from us. <clears throat> but the main bad guy in, uh, in The Patriot. <laughs> and humans, I've been meaning to put this on the website. And when I, when I put these on the website, I will let you know. Of course, that website in question is sydneyhollishow.com. All right, what is the new challenge? The new challenge is, now I'm going to say this is probably going to be like late 80s movies, early 90s movies because of the reference, but it could be anything. We are on the lookout for movies where they, where they quote, where they call someone Mr. Wizard. In the movie Point Break, in the movie Point Break, like, 
I think it's the very beginning when they go to the burned out car from like the first uh, robbery that um, takes place while Johnny Utah is now a member of the FBI. And he says he wants to like catch the guys that did this or something. And, and uh, Angelo Pappas played by Gary Busey is like something, something Mr. Wizard. <laughs> I think that's the scene. But at any point, Angelo Pappas gets mad at Johnny Utah at some point. He goes, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, kind of a burn of like, how are you going to do that, Mr. Smart Guy? Or Mr. Scientist. So then I was watching a Michael J. Fox movie, which I didn't finish the other day. I started it. And it was called, like, My Secret to Success. It's a Michael J. Fox uh, kind of a guy from the mailroom trying to make his way up in a big, huge corporation type movie. Um, and someone in that says like, Oh really? Mr. Wizard or oh, how are you going to do that? Mr. Wizard. And I was like, wow. But I bet everyone was saying that at the time. Like Mr. Wizard was a well-known children's program where like they taught kids like science in a fun way. And I guess you probably would say that like, Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Wizard. So humans, be on the lookout for that in film. And, uh, you know, if you see it, submit it to the show. Earn a Sid Buck. And let's just, let's be on our honor here. Let's be on our honor. Let's not Google it. Let's not go to the Mr. Wizard Wikipedia page and go for, like, times it's been mentioned in media. You know, it may, and honestly, this is, like, the kind of little reference I'm looking for here is such a small one line that may not even make it into stuff like that. You know, if the Simpsons did some whole episode where they like talk about parody, Mr. Wizard, I could see that being mentioned in these various sites. But I wonder if the little quick line would be mentioned. Who knows? But let's be on our honor. Let's do this the fun old fashioned way. And yeah, I guess I did mention the Simpsons twice in this episode. That's weird. Well, humans have a great Labor Day weekend. We're, 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 this to me is like a celebration of life. It's a celebration of life, except we get to keep on living with it. We have three more weeks of summer, baby. Ah, I am rejuvenated. I'm liberated. I'm excited for Labor Day weekend. I'm excited to keep my summer playlist being curated. Let me know what your plans are. Hit up the website. Tune into the, you know, hit up the listener line. Talk to you soon, humans. Peace and love. Peace and love.